Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to Midi the Podcast, a modern day podcast designed to answer all of your weird and wonderful pregnancy and postpartum questions. I'm your host, Monique Maitland, qualified midwife and nurse, founder of the Midi Society, and someone who is about to become your personal in-pocket midwife and virtual best friend. The Midi Society is a community-based platform where we interview leading healthcare professionals, new mummers, and everyday people who share with us their experiences and reveal what they wish they knew before becoming a parent. So buckle up for this crazy and exciting ride. I'll be talking all things tits, bits, spew, and poo. All right, let's get started. On today's episode, I interview the beautiful Toby Cunningham and discuss what her journey into motherhood has looked like. Toby is a young mum of the beautiful Kenzie, and although her pregnancy journey was straightforward, she has had to navigate becoming a mum with minimal support during a global pandemic. Being the first of her friends to have had a baby, Toby discusses some of the exciting but challenging times that come with this. Please welcome the amazing mama Toby. Today's episode is proudly brought to you by Training With Mates, your local supportive fitness community that strengthens health, performance and lifestyle goals through expert coaching, fun and mateship. Exercising whilst pregnant can be a little bit daunting, with most of us not knowing what we actually can and can't do. But with Training With Mates active mum classes, personalised programs and extensive knowledge about safe exercise in pregnancy, they can help you best navigate staying fit and healthy during pregnancy and in the postpartum period. Just a friendly heads up that unfortunately some of the audio in this episode went a little bit funny, but I guess that's expected when you're brand new to this, filming in a global pandemic online over a podcasting app. So please bear with me, but I hope you still enjoyed it as much as I did making it. Today we do have the beautiful Toby with us here with her beautiful little girl Kenzie. Um, so if you hear a couple of cries, you know, it's not Toby, it's a <laughs> little girl guys, Kenzie. It might be me. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for you. I know, I'm so excited too. I was like, I've literally done like four nervy poos already this morning. <laughs> <laughs> this just suits you so much, it's insane. I'm so happy for you. It's so exciting. Oh, it is exciting. It's scary. Like, I know, this would be awesome. I'm going to have to tell all my um, new mother friends about it. <laughs> yes, hopefully. That's the plan. How are you, Tobes? How's motherhood? How are you going with everything? Yeah, I'm really good. I love motherhood. Um, it's so, so different. And it's so tiring. Like I'm really tired now. It's off the back of three hours stretches of sleep. So I'm exhausted. But I think, you know, it's something that that just comes with it really. And you look beautiful. You look better than me and I've slept for a whole eight hours. (laughs) So there's a compliment for you. Um, But other than, you know, everyone concentrates on just being a mum, who is Toby? Yeah, good question. No, so I, who am I? I'm someone who loves, <laughs> yeah, like, who am, and no one ever asked me that question. So it's so yeah. like, I'm like, oh, 
who am I? I don't know. <laughs> I'm Kenzie's mum. Yeah, exactly. But no, who is Toby? Yeah, I'm just someone, I'm a teacher, so that's my passion. Um, I love to teach. I've done it for a few years now. Um, I also love my friends, love playing netball, just your standard stuff. Um, yeah, and I'm just someone who loves to have fun, loves to hang out with friends. And yeah, I just love my job too and my life. <laughs> Amazing. And for everyone listening, how old are you, Toby? I'm 25. So is he, I'm a, is he a spring chicken. Yeah, 1995, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Toby and I went to school to it with each other. So that's how this conversation has come about as well. Yeah. Well, I can't believe, um, oh my God, the last time I saw you was probably in high school. I know. And now look at us. You're a mum. I'm trying to start a bloody podcast. I know. <laughs> How things change. Um, but no, it's amazing. I think women especially, they always lose that little bit of identity of who they are when they become a mum. So good to bring you back and realise how amazing you really are in motherhood, but also as a person. So obviously... You're 25, yeah. which in today's society, we look at that and go, wow, like she's young, whereas our parents probably had us at like 21, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your pregnancy. Was yeah. it unexpected, unplanned, all of that? So like to be honest, um, it was 100% planned. I really, when I think I'm 25, I'm 26 this year, I really was actually kind of shocked about the reactions of people with my age like just for me I just thought oh it's a perfect time for me and I happen to be 25 do you know what I mean um I think I've always been one of those girls like ask my closest friends none of them were shocked at all and just if I could have had a baby at 21 I probably would have (laughs) if I had the financial stability behind me and a, a home and everything like that so I think I've always kind of wanted to be a younger mum but I still think I was a little bit shocked about the reactions from other people because I I just I don't know maybe I think I'm a little bit more uh, this sounds like I'm tooting my own horn but mature Um, (laughs) (laughs) so so. yeah I don't know I just I think I was surprised by other people's reactions just because I feel like this is the exact age I want to be and it's just perfect for me and it was a hundred percent planned and I think I was shocked from a lot of like people asking my friends if it was planned and like not Mm -hmm. asking me and asking my friends and my friends are like yes like even if it wasn't no one's business anyway I chose to have the baby so I'm not like saying plans better or unplanned better whatever but I think I was just personally just taken back a bit by like some of the reactions to people like just even my mum's yeah so what's it nosy (laughs) (laughs) people just want to find out but that is you know this is the exact reason why I am making this is because people don't realize by them doing that like it gets back to you and you're like that actually hurts what you're saying. Like like you said, to have a baby, if I was 21 and had a partner, had a like a secure house, had a good income for sure, like that's really, 
you just need to be set up in that way whatever else comes just you know you, it just it just happens yeah absolutely and I think uh, like some comments as well like oh you've lost all your 20s I'm like well I've been in my 20s for five years now going on six. Like I I don't feel like I've lost anything. I've been really lucky where I have been able to travel. I have been able to explore different things that, you know, maybe younger people might be more inclined to do than when you're older. But I don't know. I just feel like I don't want to be old and have my first baby I just know no and like you're in your prime girl (laughs) like you're you're having a baby younger is actually going to give you more successful outcomes like in as a midwife's perspective like we look Mm. you know young mums come into the hospital and we don't go oh she's a young mum how is she having a baby we're like yes like you're going to do so well like shotgun looking after that (laughs) because I like you know it's like you're actually, this is your, the age when we're supposed to, not supposed to, but designed to have better outcomes when we have a baby, but the generation today and obviously society with, it's, it's a very, the cost of living is so expensive that I guess people also choose to wait till later, which is so fine. But no, if you, you wanted to have your baby and you had your baby and I bet looking Mm -hmm. at it, you're like, this was a, best thing I've ever done yeah absolutely even my like it's funny that you say that about um you being a midwife like my midwife when I came in she's like gosh you're boring (laughs) yeah I know oh your chances alone just because of you know your age and everything and your health is just like zero risk in it and I'm like yeah and obviously you know no one knows if they can have a baby straight away do you know what I mean and I you know didn't want to wait for society's appropriate age just in case maybe I couldn't have had a baby straight away Mm, and maybe taken longer um so yeah I just kind of thought well I'm ready now let's just see what happens yeah go you I love that that's the best thing that you can do whenever you're ready it shouldn't be about when other people want you to be ready it's literally you and your partner if you want to have a kid you have a kid and it's no one else's business when or where or how you do it if it was planned or unplanned yeah absolutely I think yeah also like my my parents like they get a heap of like oh you're too young to be a grandmother Mm. or a grandfather and my dad's like well I'm 56 (laughs) Like, I love being a grandpa. Yeah, I'm like, am I? I don't know. <laughs> and, no, not at all. Yeah, and just, I think some people are just, I don't know, some some comments are, like, meant to be flattering, I think, some people saying it, and some people, you just know it's just come across judgy and that was their yeah. So, yeah, it's just been, it's definitely been interesting, the responses that I've gotten, and I just really didn't, I don't know, expect it. I thought this is a great age. Like, I don't yeah, know. Think it-, it is. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will definitely dive straight into those, some of those questions later on in this little chat. Um, but going off like what that midwife who looked after you said, you are so low risk and you women your age do so well. So tell us a bit about your pregnancy journey. Was it straightforward? Um, was there complications? Yeah, well, I think 
I came off the pill and then I had my first period and then after that I got pregnant. So I got pregnant straight away pretty much. I'd been on the pill for over 10 years and I like just 15. Yeah, I know, literally. I've literally just gotten off the pill myself and I'm like, ooh, like my boobs are more tender <laughs> more tender than usual. I'm like, oh actually feel like a woman. <laughs> I know, but I'm I'm not having a baby right now because I'm not in the position that you are. Disclaimer I'm not having a baby, everyone. I'm not having a baby very single. <laughs> Oh, um anyway enough about me back to you yeah so you got you got pregnant yes so that happened really quickly and I think it was the longest 12 weeks of my life because you're not supposed to tell anyone and I think yeah. it's also the most stressful 12 weeks um just everything you hear about miscarrying and just I don't know just all the all the negative things that can happen you just kind of think of and you can't help it and you know you're being ridiculous and you know you're stressing out um so I felt I found those 12 weeks were like probably um the most stressful I felt and but in terms of the actual pregnancy I think I had a really easy pregnancy I mean I felt sick a couple of times I vomited maybe once and I was at Woolworths <laughs> had to run to the toilets it was really random um but I yeah I again I'm so boring like I just I think I had a really good pregnancy I um as I got bigger I was obviously more uncomfortable I had those yeah. weird pregnancy dreams that people get <laughs> just so well, pretty much we need to stop this conversation here because everyone else listening will be like, can this girl stop? Because she's having it so easy and I've been vomiting all morning. But no, I know, no, no, no. I know. I've, I've heard stories like some of the mums I know that they were vomiting throughout the whole pregnancy and I was just like, oh, my God, I couldn't even imagine. Like, I mean, there was there was a time where I think I felt really – just uncomfortable and not myself um, yeah like I had pimples everywhere um which is something that's new to me um and just I think I just felt a bit bad about myself yeah um, as your body changed yeah as my body was changing and it wasn't it wasn't my belly like I know that sounds weird but I didn't I didn't feel like oh now I'm or anything yeah. like that it was just I think it was just a feeling I don't know if it was a hormone or just I'm not really sure but I just kind of didn't feel 100% confident um yeah. and you're people can't see you but you are beautiful <laughs> you are stunning so like it's interesting it just shows you know someone who's beautiful on the outside you are beautiful on the inside as well but you still can feel Stop. that way like little things not even your bump but other things like getting those pimples and just feeling a bit off and not as confident as you usually did that just things like that just happen and that's why it's really important to speak about it because people don't realize those things can feel that way yeah absolutely and I, I think like your emotions are a bit all over the place as well and I think that made it like 
may have had something to do with it but I guess yeah definitely the hormones too yeah (laughs) but none of no one else I knew was pregnant so I kind of felt like this this thing was happening to me and no one really understood how I was feeling and if I said oh I'm feeling really large today for example and people just be like you're not large like yeah not actually acknowledged and you're like okay but this is just how I'm feeling like I'm not I'm not saying that it's a bad thing that obviously it's good that I'm getting large like you don't yeah pregnant that's the aim but and you're not saying it for someone to be like no you're not you're not large like yeah you're like I feel this and I want you to acknowledge what I'm feeling I'm not looking for a compliment for you to say you're not large because like yes I've got a 40 week baby in my tummy (laughs) yes I'm large yeah exactly like yeah and that just I don't know I think my confidence went down a little bit um yeah but I don't know I kind of expected that sort of I don't think I was majorly shocked that I felt that way I just felt that way and kind of kept it to myself a little bit because I didn't want to be like oh woe is me kind of yeah um yeah but yeah so that was my pregnancy pretty much (laughs) Um, so I don't yeah I had a um anterior placenta as well so all I didn't really feel movements for ages and that was actually kind of stressful because everything you read says oh you can start feeling movements from 15 weeks and that wasn't me and I was like I'm not feeling anything and then until I had I think it was my 25 week scan um the lady said oh you have an anterior placenta and I was like oh okay what does that mean and they're like oh just yeah you won't be able to feel movements as much and as often or as frequent um so I think that was a bit stressful too. Just like you, you can't help but Google things. It's really bad. Yeah, and Dr. Google is not always right. That's why you come to me and you look at my page. Everyone shout out at the Midi Society. <laughs> not kidding. Um, but to actually learn because someone, people, when you have a baby, people throw terms at you left, right and centre and you're like, sorry, like, all I know is a vagina. Like, that's it. <laughs> I know how babies are made and I know nothing else. And like you said, you're the first one out of all your friends to go through this. And then let's just chuck in a freaking global pandemic yeah. as well just to make it a bit harder for you. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you find the support during your pregnancy? Um, as it's a weird one because I was I wasn't allowed Jack in any of my appointments. So my first ultrasound, he wasn't there, and it's not nice. It's not no, you know. And like not. like you said, you were so worried for that first twelve week scans, and like that's yeah. when you're sort of getting these scans as well that you can't help it. Everyone's thinking, no, nah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But there is that little voice in the back of your head, like what if this happened and that's just our human instinct we always we can't just be positive we have to throw in some sort of negative too little brain goes hello yeah um so yeah that would have been really really hard and I just I kind of felt like I didn't make this baby by myself like why and he was really upset (laughs) he was like why aren't I allowed like this is my baby too and I just kind of and I just to me it didn't make sense as well because I'm like I go home with him (laughs) I don't wear a mask around him he's my closest contact like surely like if I'm fine 
he's fine. Like I just couldn't, I just didn't understand it. And it made me angry. And I just, I yeah. for your first experience as well, you really want your partner there and to be, you know, holding your hand the whole way. Like, as you said, I was so nervous the first 12 weeks and that eight and 12 week scan was by myself. And I just, I don't know. It just took it a, a bit isolated. Yeah, it just took a bit of that special moment when you first see your baby away a little bit. Yeah. And I'm not saying I didn't love it because obviously I did love it and I love seeing it. And I got to record it, which was really good. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it just, yeah, it's different. And I think a lot of people who have been in your situation, like listening to this, will be like that is literally one of the main reasons what made it so much harder and it's so it you know it's shit and it's the reality of the global pandemic at the moment like working in a hospital myself I see this every day and have this conversation but why can't my partner be here and it's like it's not it's not coming from us it's just like this is what we have to do and none of us want to agree with these things but we have to do it yeah by law and it's it's always the dads that get lost or left behind because they don't get all that face-to-face information which they usually would when they go with you and then you have to come home and try and (laughs) oh my god I the amount of yeah I'm like I totally forgot what they said or there's this word and I have no idea how to pronounce it (laughs) yeah but I need to do a test for some reason (laughs) I've got to do some sort of swab up my bum but I'm not I don't know why (laughs) (laughs) it was like "Hmm, a swab up the bum sounds convincing Toby (laughs) it's like okay um, so that's like that's also one of the reasons why I want to do this to educate dads because really at the moment they're getting they're not getting any support or information and it's unfair to for you to be the one to relay everything like I know that you would have but yeah. it's a lot of information <laughs> it's a lot of information for the average Joe that's never heard of pregnancy or midwifery terms so oh, here comes little Kenzie on the screen. <laughs> I'm going to try and stick her dummy and she's getting a bit testy. She's meant to be asleep. Well, she's doing very well. <laughs> so we've just had a slight intermission with little Kenzie cracking the snacks. Um, but we are back. Yay, sorry. <laughs> that is so fine. Do not stress the reality of making a modern day podcast with mums <laughs> with babies that just and babies yeah and showing babies. off she's not showing off for me <laughs> don't worry what we were saying I think we we're talking a bit about dads but we're gonna jump right into the birth story so tell us a little bit about your birth what happened yeah hey floor is yours well I was 38 weeks when I gave birth so I I believe that my waters broke the night before and I just didn't realise because when I went to the hospital, they said that my waters had already broken. But Classic. I, do, <laughs> I do remember going to the toilet literally, I reckon, 10 times the night before I was in labour. So, yeah, so I went to the toilet a few times and I had stomach pains during the night, kind of just didn't really think anything of it. And then when I woke up, I felt 
really sick and I felt those kind of cramp um, things again. And I called my partner and I was like, I don't feel well. Like I feel sick. And he's like, okay, <laughs> what do you want me to do about it? I'm like, I don't really know. I'm just telling you. And he's like, okay, then. And then um, I got like the pains again and they were getting a bit more intense. And so I ended up calling my mum and my mum was on her way and she sent my cousin over who works in the factory around the corner from my house and he came over and he already has two little kids and he's like, Toby, you're in labour. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not. And he's like, yes, you are. Like, we're going to bring the hospital. And I'm like, no, I'm not in labour. Like, I think I was, I was in denial. I don't know what I was thinking. And we rang the hospital and they were like, oh, look, it's her first baby. She probably won't give birth for ages. Like, just sit tight, go on with your day kind of thing. And I was like, okay. And then mum came over and then I think I was, like, vomiting at one point because I was in so much pain. Um, yeah. I was, like, crawling on the floor. I was screaming. <laughs> like, I, I didn't handle it well at all. <laughs> um, and my mum... And my mum called Jack and was like, I think you should come home now. Um, Toby's definitely in labour. So we all knew I was in labour. What I was feeling was, in fact, labour. Um, but they, I think my mum kind of thought that I was exaggerating my pain a little bit. Like she was just trying to keep me home for a bit. And then I called the um, hospital again and they are like, oh, well, she can still talk. So she's fine. Like all that kind yeah. of stuff. How, how often do you reckon your contractions were coming at that point? They were they were fast. They were like lasting for a, a minute every two minutes. Like yeah. They, so you're in you're doing well. They were really consistent. Like I was a hundred percent needed to be in hospital. But I like obviously when you call a midwife or you call the hospital, you're not gonna scream on the phone. Like I just I held no. together. Yeah. You know I mean, just to say, oh, this is what's happening, and they were kind of like, well, you're fine. Like, yeah. So usually, when like when someone calls and if they can talk to us and can talk without having to stop and be like, <sighs> we're like, all right, we've still got a little bit of time. Yeah, and I think I just kind of, I don't know, I was like em- embarrassed. It sounds so stupid when I say that, but I was just embarrassed. So I was kind of like holding it in. And just, like, I could have 100% let it out on the phone. But anyway, then it got to a point where I was like, I need pain relief. I'm going to the hospital. And so they took me to the hospital. This was about what time? I got to the hospital at midday, I think. So, like, this was from pains from maybe 7 in the morning till midday. I don't really remember the hospital ride there, to be honest. Like, I I was in so much pain. It was kind of a blur. I kind of remember people were lining up because it was COVID and like checking in. But I and you're like, get me the f yeah. through the door. <laughs> I just went straight in. This security guy like cleared the building or not the building, <laughs> the elevator for me, and I've got in. And the midwife's looking at me like, oh, mm, I don't know. And then they went and examined me, and I was eight centimeters dilated. I was going to say, I knew I could have guessed that because the fact you were vomiting, usually when someone's really working hard, a majority of people will vomit because of all the hormones, adrenaline and 
sometimes people do vomit from the pain but like yeah. if your contractions are coming that frequently like you're well on your way but we never know we cannot tell until we do that yeah I didn't even tell them that I vomited either I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I was just like yeah I'm, I'm in pain like I'm in a lot of pain and they're consistent like I think I just I don't know why I was just downplaying it so much and even my mum thought like she's not you know in that much pain like she's obviously clearly in pain but she's like putting it on almost because I think I was just kind of I don't know I just you were doing so well yeah I just um, you hear about Braxton hips and like you hear about all these things and everyone's like oh two weeks early like she's not going to give birth you just denial you were like no no and I think that obviously came through when I was on the phone to the hospital like my denial I think they're like oh she's probably not ready yet then and the midwife said to me said to me oh my god when you walked in I thought oh maybe four centimeters and she's like I was so surprised that you were eight centimeters and I'm like oh I'm not really because I'm actually in so much pain (laughs) well I'm glad that you think that but I'm like hoping that I'm fully dilated right now (laughs) I was like oh god so the nurse kind of said to me look a bit too late for an epidural or anything like that and I was like it's okay I didn't really expect to have that anyway like I wasn't going yeah did you have any birth plans yeah I I did but I just kind of was like uh, as natural as possible but if I'm screaming for medication give it to me kind of thing yeah I want to go in with the mindset that I can do this without help but also I know what I'm like (laughs) you know what I mean like I'm definitely didn't want to think that I could do it by myself um but I ended up having gas and air yeah and I feel like that just made me a bit loopy I don't think it really took away the pain to be honest yeah I mean so that's the nitrous oxide for people listening it's like the happy gas it makes you feel a little bit hey hey how are you going like a little bit drunk but not drunk um and it can make you feel really nauseous and some people love it and some people absolutely hate it so did it help you um I think it helped me just relax a little bit I don't I didn't feel nauseous on it really I mean I feel like I just there was so much going on where I, I didn't really have time to think that what it was, how it was affecting me. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. you just, it was good for you to breathe, like to use it as a breathing tool, which I think is a, the best use of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I thought that it would, I don't know why I just, I thought it would dull the pain more and it, and it didn't. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. I was kind of like really using it, being like, is this thing going to kick in yet? <laughs> Some people just start taking like even bigger breaths, like, and you're like, it's not going to change. It's slow breath, in and out, in and out. Literally, that's what my wife was like. She's like, you just need to breathe. Yeah, and then like I got to pushing and I didn't even have it. I just kind of chucked it away because I just needed to focus. Um, yeah, and that's what we say. We say take the gas out of your mouth so that you can get some oxygen in, but also just focus on the pushing because you have to obviously hold your breath in when you push that with the gas it just doesn't work yeah and I it was really funny because I was like pushing through my throat because I was just like I was honestly screaming I was in that much pain 
and I think I was taking it, pushing it all and taking it all out in my throat. And my wife was like, okay, Toby, like you need to push through your stomach. Like you're pushing through your throat and you're letting it out like by screaming, which is fine, but you need to concentrate on pushing through your like pelvis kind of thing. And I was like, okay, okay. And then, so I kind of switched it up. Like my throat was killing me. (laughs) We always say no noise, no noise, keep the noise in and use that breath and push it down into your body. That's what I say. No more screaming. Take that breath in and use that breath and push it right down to your baby's head. Yeah, my mid my midwife did say that at the end, and then I kind of was like, okay, like, and it actually helps more, really. Yeah, rather than like screaming it out. But yeah, when you, I think when you're in so much pain, that's just what you go to. Like, oh, and everyone's yeah. different, so like, don't don't apologize for screaming. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, and I just I just remember like the midwife said, oh, this push is probably going to hurt. And I was like, okay. And I was like, how do they know that? That's like, medical. I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but oh my God, it really did hurt like more than the rest. And I don't know if that was the head or the shoulders coming through. I'm. It was probably the ring of fire. Like when baby's head was crowning. Okay. Lots of stinging and burning. Yeah. It was yeah. burn. Like I cannot explain it was like yeah. no other. She literally told she prepared me and told me that it's about to hurt. And I was so thankful for that because I feel like if I was off guard, I don't know. I just really appreciated that at the time. I think some people would have been like, don't tell me, but I really needed her to tell me. And so I was like, okay, it's going to hurt. And oh my God, did it kill. I just remember thinking, put it, please put it back, put it back. I I know, you know, but like that's the point where you actually, like we we have to tell women that because that's when the baby's head is crowning. So when the head is about to be born, Mm -hmm. that if we say just push, the baby's head will just fly out. So we have to control you to know that it's going to feel like that so you can breathe through it and let that perineum, so the perineum is like that part of the skin that stretches around baby's head um, where you can tear. So if we don't tell you, then you're at risk of tearing and we don't want that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I just remember thinking before I had Kenzie, I was like, I'm having three babies. And now I'm like, oh, I think I just have to have two. I can't do that three times. No way. Oh, God. But that's okay. Don't even, you know, just focus on the one. Yeah, exactly. That's what Jack, Jack's like, Toby, let's just have one first. Just chill. I'm like, okay. <laughs> do it. Everyone comes back for more. I know. They do, don't they? But, yeah, and then she was born at 2.30. Wow. So, yeah, I was in the hospital at 12 wow. and she was born at 2.30. Um, I think I was, like, really intensely pushing for maybe 45 minutes to an yeah. hour. Um. But, yeah, and I think uh, just when she came out, Jack said the relief on my whole face and my body, he's like, I've never seen that type of relief before. It was like my whole body just went limp and, like, completely relaxed. And, yeah, so I didn't know if I was having a boy or a girl. And the midwife brought Kenzie up to me and she's like, so what is it? And I'm like, I don't know. I was like, I'm just still in shock of like everything that happened. I think 
I don't, I know Jack and my mum were like really emotional with it and they were crying and I kind of feel like I was still in shock. I think no one really talks about that you don't instantly fall in love. I think because your body's still, you still have adrenaline and you're still in shock and like this big thing has just happened to you and you're still kind of processing it. Whereas I feel like my mum and Jack were like instantly bawling their eyes out like emotion and I was kind of it took me a few seconds like it took me yeah of course well you've just like worked so hard for hours then you've given birth to this baby it's the first time in hours that you're like oh god yeah I've done it and you're processing the fact that you've just had a baby I think that's the one thing everyone's like I've I've done it like this this is it yeah uh, I was just—I think I was just in shock that I did it, and I just went through the, all this pain. And then she was here, and then I was kind of like, "Is it a boy? Is it a girl? I'm not sure." Like I'm looking at it, and I know what that is because <laughs> I have one, but I just can't get the words out. And yeah. Then, but yeah, then as soon as she was on my chest, it was just like, oh, like it's all worth it. Like completely, just in love. Amazing. You're you're a boss. You <laughs> killed it. You did so well and you didn't have any like complications, you didn't have a bleed or anything. Um, I did have a tear. So yeah. um, that was actually something that I wasn't prepared for, I think, that like other people should know about is that they want to stitch you up like straight away. Yes. Um, you can probably tell them why. <laughs> well, basically like you have the baby, we deliver the placenta and then – literally whenever someone's ready so we expect your like perineum and your vagina and cervix and all of that to make sure that you haven't torn and if you're bleeding that's one of the main reasons you might bleed so we like take that out of consideration and then we pretty much if you have had a tear suture you straight away because one we want to get you comfy so it's legs straight up into stirrups you've got this baby on your chest someone it's not always like the midwife who's been looking after you it's just someone random that will walk straight into the room and go all right legs up and can I just go digging down below yeah. it sounds awful but like that and that's exactly what happens because we want to get it over and done with we don't want to leave you with a tear yeah um after sitting there yeah absolutely I think I just it happened straight away and I was just kind of not prepared for it and I think I like my legs were open I'm like all I want to do is close my legs they've been open like I don't want to do this right now I know I have to like I obviously I want to do it now because I know it's what's best but I just it was just like I had a uh, give me a break like give me a break I've just done this do we have to and because you were only using the gas like you you really did everything naturally it's another pain like that you're going to have to go through and the thought of that is scary like is it got everyone says is it going to hurt and you know we say it's obviously not going to hurt as much as having your baby but when we put the local in it's going to sting Mm -hmm. and when we actually examine for tears it can be quite painful yeah and we rub your tummy we rub your fundus so your uterus and that really hurts and everyone's like what are you actually touching but (laughs) making sure that it's nice and firm so you don't bleed yeah absolutely and it was really uncomfortable it was like tugging around in there and I was just like oh my god I just want to relax and I had this doctor in and she was like oh I've got a trainee do you mind and I was like 
no like everyone has to learn like completely understand that yeah. but at the same time I could just hear so this is happening this is happening and I'm like oh my god I just <laughs> oh. stop talking about it yeah. do it but she was like oh I wouldn't have stitched that like that and I was like what uh, <laughs> oh, no. like can you do it properly please like oh yeah um, that's not ideal but unfortunately no but like, what you have to learn so that's why you know I had every opportunity to say no, but you have to learn somehow. And yeah, and I guess when that, if you are in that position, they're usually being watched by a senior person. Yeah. So that's reassuring. Like they're going to be doing it really well because yeah. there's two of them and the more experienced one is guiding them. So I guess that's a positive. Yeah, absolutely. And like there was no complications with my stitches and tearing or anything at all, which was. Do you know what degree of tear you had? I think second. Yeah, which is very normal. And then, so your little journey in hospital, COVID rules still applied. Could your mum and your partner be in the postnatal ward together or was it just one at the bedside? Um, so it was just one visitor at a time yeah. and um, Jack wasn't allowed to stay the night, which was really confronting. First night yeah. with a newborn. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was really hard. That was probably the hardest night, I think, because yeah. you're so you're so exhausted from giving labor, and then your baby obviously needs to um, feed every two to three hours. So it's not like and then you've got midwives who can't always be there to help you. Like yeah. you really are thrown in the deep end. Yeah, absolutely, and. The mid, like the hospital I was at was so good. Like I had the best experience there. They were just lovely and so supportive. Um, and whenever I pressed the button, they would come kind of thing. And they were really, yeah. really good. And they made my experience amazing, um, especially like for public. Like I would definitely go back public. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I think a lot of people don't realise that, in public systems like your partner can't always stay and that's not just a COVID rule if you're in like private room you most likely usually have your partner stay but if you're in like a shared room with someone else and they don't stay yeah okay yeah I, don't, I didn't yeah. know that I just assumed that yeah he would be out of state so I was like kind of freaking out a little bit <laughs> Yeah, and most people do. It's so tough. Like you're exhausted, emotional. You want to share this experience with them and they're just like, go home. But it actually, it doesn't seem like it at the time, but it's actually the best thing for you and for like Jack. Mm. Because if he's there with you like in the hospital, it's not the most comfortable place and he's going to be exhausted and you're exhausted. It's It's best for him to go home get some sleep come back early in the morning so that he can then like look after Kenzie and you can get some rest which people don't realize but for midwives we're like go home like yeah we've got her (laughs) she's covered she's fine (laughs) like I'm pretty good I've got her covered yeah it was it's just daunting the first cry and you're like oh my god (laughs) what do I do like everyone's like so is it crying like do I pick it up now I'm like yeah pick it up like you can touch your baby they're like oh, can you just come show me I'm like sure and then usually they look at us and we just yank these babies out of the cots and like throw them over our shoulder and they're like 
can you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, that, that was so funny as well. Like the way they just swaddled like so quickly, changed so quickly. And then I remember the first like two weeks I was so careful like putting the little Missing, like, I literally the one thing I say to because usually the dads dress the baby for the first time and I always say to them like think of what this baby just came out of like this singlet is luxury yeah. like you have so much room like you're not gonna hurt the baby's head I promise yeah it's so funny and then now I'm just like like (laughs) exactly and that's that's exactly what happens and then you did you have a quick hospital stay and went home soon after yeah so it was really quick um I went home the next day so they said everything's fine I think because it was COVID as well they were need to release me um yeah and the like the ward was packed, like packed. Someone actually gave birth in the car park when I was in hospital, which was crazy. Um, crazy. And that's the result of these COVID babies. I know. Yeah. So yeah. When you got home, the lockdowns, could you have some visitors? I think or it was maybe five people. Like it was amazing. Yeah. It was definitely easing. And then, yeah, I think it was, then it was gone and then there was that five snap lock, lockdown. Yeah. yeah. Actually, oh, it was yeah. a bit of a blessing because sometimes when there's too many visitors, you're like a bit overwhelmed. You just want your own space. And were you breastfeeding Kenzie and how did she go feeding wise? Yeah, so breast exclusively breastfeeding Kens. Um, if I want to have a drink or something, I will express and she'll take the bottle pretty easily, which is really good. Um, yeah. the, I think the first the first feed was really painful. I think your body's yeah. still, like, trying to recover and your body's still really sensitive and she's trying to work it out and you're trying to work it out. Um, so yeah, it's so hard. And people don't realise that. They're like babies just breastfeed don't they yeah and you're like literally one out of ten baby breastfeeds perfectly the other nine are like I'm just gonna play around for a little bit and just (laughs) wrong thing yeah so that I think the first one was probably the toughest but then (laughs) she's trying to talk to us um and then yeah and then it just happened pretty easily yeah You've just had the most beautiful pregnancy journey and start to motherhood. You're incredible. <laughs> I'm very lucky, that's for sure. And let's just say, not all babies are like this. <laughs> yes, I've definitely heard some horror stories. So hopefully my next one's just as cool. You love them no matter what, so yep. don't even worry. And then um, we touched on it at the start, but you are the first one in your friendship group to have a baby. Yeah through the pregnancy journey you said sometimes you found it a bit more challenging because they didn't really relate to like how you were feeling mm-hmm. how did you find it once Kenzie was born did you I think I guess link up to some support groups or what worked best for you I am really impressed with my friends I've got to say like they have been absolutely amazing they have come to me they've understood when I couldn't come to something um they've 
they've just been so great. I've been so obviously pleasantly surprised because you do get everyone telling you, oh, you know, you'll lose your friends, you lose your friends, and that hasn't been the case for me at all. And Well, if they're your friends, you won't lose them. Yeah, exactly. Like you can really see who your true friends are when you have a baby. Like you can see who's still there for you, who's going to stick around. And even people that you maybe weren't as close with and I feel a bit closer now because you realise, oh, they do actually appreciate you. Like they came over and they gave you a beautiful gift and they really wanted to meet Kenzie. Like yeah, things like that too. And, and yeah, so I've, I'm not not shocked. I'm not going to say I'm shocked because my friends are absolutely beautiful. I'm very lucky to have yeah. such good friends. But I think, you know, no one can – ever fully understand until they have a baby themselves that's and you need to know that as well as in like the person who's having the baby you can't expect them to fully understand if they don't have one you just can't like it's not fair and it's like a very high expectation to have but having said that they have been so understanding and they haven't made me feel bad for missing anything or anything like that like they've been so supportive and messaged me saying how how am I and like all that kind of thing so I think having a mother's group has been really really good because I have those people who understand so if I'm up at 1am in the morning I can guarantee yeah one of them are as well like um I think sometimes when people say to me, oh, I'm tired, I'm like, are you though? Do you have a new one? <laughs> have you been up all night? I'm no. tired. Like I can't, you have to kind of step back and be like, oh, are you okay? You know, you can't turn it back. You can't let your mum like use your how you're feeling to not validate them as well. Yeah, but absolutely. yeah, you just, you just want them to be there for you and that's all they can do. Like you shouldn't have to explain yourself. You shouldn't have to feel guilty for doing anything. And you literally just want them to be there for you and support you. Yeah, absolutely. And just, yeah, so it's definitely, I definitely recommend doing a mother's group. I mean, especially if you're like me and you're the first one out of your close friends to have a baby. Like it's so good to have people that fully understand what you're going through. And, like, yeah. for my mum, for example, she's like, Toby, I had you 26 years ago. Like, I don't remember. I'm sorry. Like, I don't remember. Exactly, the newborn. Stuff. I remember you. And that's the, almost the trickiest part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did you get linked up to your mother's group? Yeah, so I actually have two mother's groups. <laughs> um, yes. Because I'm moving to the house. Social butterfly. Yeah, no, we, just, we bought a new place. So I have the mother's group where I am now and then the mother's group where I'm moving to. And yeah. yeah, they've both been really, both been really, really great. And they say things and you're like, oh my God, that's happening to me too. Like, thank God it's not just me. It's not just how I'm yeah. feeling. It's not just Kenzie. It's, yeah, it's normal in the scheme. It's very normal. <laughs> yeah. And you find that for more like, I guess, specific motherhood questions or things that Kenzie's doing, you go to them rather than your close friends, but you still can go to your close friends. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think as well, my close friends are starting to realise a bit more that like it's normal when she cries. I think at the start they're like, oh, my God, what's wrong with her? Like, oh, like she's crying, she's crying, she's so so upset. And you're like, 
No, she's not really. She's not so upset. She's just, you know, uncomfortable. Being a baby. Yes, just a baby. Like that's how they communicate. They can't communicate any other way. And I think it's really funny, like compared to the start, if they held her and she was crying, they'd be like, oh, my God, Toby, here you go. Like she's she's upset. She does, You know, she doesn't want to be with me. And now they're like, oh, I'm going to rock her. Like I'm going to. Yeah. yeah you have a so like they would like be absolutely loving it too yeah I think I think they are they're like I can have my baby fix without it being me <laughs> yeah exactly and they like your friends will be looking up to you like you don't even realize and you'll just be like I'm I'm just Toby like I'm just Kenzie's mum like you did at the start but you're not to them you're like this incredible mum that's navigating the hood and you're doing it by yourself comparison to like they're not you're not using them like you're using other people they'll be so proud of you yeah and I think I've said to them I'm like I've got you absolutely covered when you get pregnant I've got you covered when you have a baby so I think it's definitely good for them um to have someone who's been through it all and you know will definitely connect even more when they when it's their turn and whether that's next year or in five years, it doesn't matter. Like I just, we know that we're always going to be best mates. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so bringing us back to, you know, you, how old were you when you found out? Were you 24 or were you 25? 25. So I'm 26 yes. this year. So, yeah. Yeah. So 25, I think. Or 25. <laughs> yeah. Some, 25, 24, 20, one of them. Yeah, either or either. Um, And you mentioned, I guess, I think it's really important to for people listening to know actually that what they say. Sorry, no, I was twenty four. I was twenty (laughs) four. I was thinking you were twenty four. I was just going to let you slide because I was like, you can't be twenty (laughs) four. Yeah, you were twenty four. But that's okay, mum brain. I'll I'll let it pass. But. I think it's really important for people who might know someone who what we classify in society as a young mum to know what to say and what to not say like you don't realize the impact of what you're saying and when you are being nosy versus like when you're being sincere what were some of the things that I guess triggered you and other things that really made you feel yes like I've got this yeah I think I think I think a lot of people made their comments not to me but like behind my back to other people um which got passed on to me I think maybe just don't pass it on <laughs> or yeah yeah or just like I don't know because don't don't ask people like was it planned I think I think that's what upset me the most because I was like you don't actually know what like it could have been a really bad situation and like obviously it wasn't I'm lucky you know it was planned but you never know what someone is going through and that question can be really a trigger point for some people um all you need to know is that I decided to have the baby so unless you're really close with them it's not your business like I just no not at all I think it's like an invasion of your privacy and you hope that the people that are I guess your friends talking to them you say no like she's planned to have this baby and she's had or she's just having this baby yeah and that's it yeah and then and all my friends were like 
were really good and they all said no it was planned like you know you can go back in your hole <laughs> kind of thing like I said before like you are beautiful and to people on the street like they look at you and they might you know put something to you which is so unfair as well like how did you feel about that like people that might have known you years ago to now like you're a totally different yeah, person I think yeah I, that's when when I made that comment, like the people who know me and are closer to me are not surprised at all and think it's 100% me. Um, yeah. People that probably used to know me are probably really shocked. Um, and and that's like, well, if you're the same person that you are when you were 14, then you probably need to grow up. <laughs> Do you know yeah. Like, yeah. No. Come on, hun. <laughs> yes. Literally, me 14 was like blue eyeshadow, and now I look at the kids who are 14. <laughs> oh, I know. Isn't it ridiculous? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay. um, that's so true. Like, honestly, it's no one else's business. You do you, and that's all what matters but you definitely have to have thick skin like some people may not and I think I think reactions to Jack compared to me also is what upset me like everyone seemed really okay about Jack having a baby and I don't think we've said on here so Jack's five years older than Toby so Jack's the 30 yeah so Jack's 30 he's 31 this year and the reactions to Jack having a baby is completely different I'm, to- I'm not talking about close people. I'm talking about friends that aren't really close, but they're friends. Yeah. So um, reactions from those type of people were so different. Like they were everyone, no one asked Jack if the baby was planned. Like no one asked Jack. No one made any comments about Jack's age or anything like that. And I feel like as well, this is so easily, there'll be mums out there who have babies that are older and they would get the exact same thing. Oh, they're too old. Or like, why yeah, baby yeah. you're 30? Like, like, people need to just be less judgmental just all around. Like, what is the perfect age then? Is it only 29? Do you know what I mean? There is none. There, there isn't. There's no perfect age. It's like we said, it's whenever you're ready and that's okay. Whether that's 20 years old or 40 years old. I look at, I look after the broad spectrum. Like, yes, I have more that are in that like 30 to 35 sort of category, but one just needs to do whatever they feel comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like if you're in a situation where you can have a baby, if you have a house and you have a good job, you and your partner, you know, are stable and all that kind of thing, then what, you know, why not? I'm sure there's older people than me out there that don't have those things that I have, but they don't get any slack for having a baby. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, why is it an age determined thing? Like, well, I think everyone listening to you today will not be thinking that you're this 25 year old mum. <laughs> I think that we're thinking this girl's got her shit together. She knows exactly what she wants and that's inspiring and empowering. Like I'm like, shit, yeah, I'm going to have a kid, but I don't have a sperm. I'm not going to. But, you know, like they can do it. And some people might be thinking like, yeah, I am actually ready to have a baby, but society's going to think this of me. Yeah, and society's stopping me and that just, yeah, 
just yeah so what would be a piece of advice you would give people in that sort of situation yeah absolutely like one of the other girls in my mother's group she's younger than me as well and she is like the exact same as me like she said I would have had a baby so much younger if it was acceptable (laughs) so yeah it's just it's just funny I mean I as I said to you earlier, I was completely shocked with their reactions because for me, 25 is the perfect age. I like, I can't imagine being any younger or any older having my first baby. So, yeah. Done the right thing. Um, what would be, I guess, if you could tell yourself, looking back at that now, if you could tell yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Um advice I think I need to not let other people's opinions annoy me I think that's what I would tell myself that who cares what Joe down the street thinks like Joe's you know everyone's gonna have their opinion and I think probably no matter what age you are people are gonna have an opinion too um yeah I think yeah people that have something negative to say maybe you don't know what they're going through. Maybe they've wanted to have a baby and they can't or something. I think I just need to not worry about what other people think of me. Um, I think that's probably the main thing. And I think as well, maybe something else in terms of like my confidence and within myself is that I think a lot of social media and Instagram stars, they're like, I love my body, you know, I love my body post-birth, like my body's amazing and I think it's actually okay not to love your body, like anyway. I mean, I think it's easy to love your body if you're a size four and now you're a size six, like, (laughs) do you know, it's okay not to love your body straight away. I think I was trying to make myself love my body and, um, but people who don't have babies don't always love their body. You know what I mean? Like, yeah it's a vicious cycle and it's always gonna keep coming back to that but your body just gave birth to beautiful Kenzie like it's allowed to not it used to look pre her and I think like you said social media these days plays a massive part of that but that's a whole other topic (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it is definitely important to touch on um but you are absolutely incredible I I'm inspired by you, that's for sure. You've matured into this beautiful mum. See, mature whilst being a younger mum. It is possible for everyone listening. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for talking with us today. I appreciate it. You are amazing. Kenzie is amazing. And I hope everyone listening got out of it. Thank you so much for having me. You are also so amazing, so beautiful, and I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I mean, don't tell me twice. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but you've been awesome. Thank you. To summarize this episode, there is no golden age to have a baby. Whenever you feel ready, that is the perfect timing, not because society says so. Whether that's in your 20s, 30s, or 40s. Number two, if you are the first of your friends to have a baby, it can be challenging at times, but lean on your friends for support. They will always be there for you. But as Toby tells us, utilize your mother's group as much as you can. And lastly, be kind. Keep your comments to yourself. Asking someone if their pregnancy was planned or unplanned at any age can be hurtful.
If you don't have something nice to say, then just don't say it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of MIDI. Your support means the absolute world to me. So if you loved this episode and want to stay up to date with the latest interviews and midwifery education, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For further information about this episode, please check the show notes below. If you wish to share your pregnancy and motherhood experience, you can get in touch with me by emailing hello at themidisociety.com.au and find us on Instagram at at themidisociety or at Monique underscore Maitland. I cannot wait for you to join me next week. I'll be talking all things flap chat. In the meantime, I hope you have an amazing week and remember you're doing the best you can.